Welcome to Sharpen the Iron Podcast, where it is my job to share with you tools, lessons, inspiration, and ideas to help you sharpen your iron mind, powering you to go out, walk with God, day by day, to maximize your life. Today what we're going to be exploring is this idea that we need a guide, a shepherd to guide us in life. So I've titled this, What Will Orient You Through the Darkness? What will be that North Star? So in the world, there is an infinite amount of things to look at, and you have a finite amount of tension. And I've been talking recently with a friend, and it is often brought up that there are just constantly a million directions in which we could go with our lives, our thoughts, our actions, right? There's an infinite amount of paths we could take. The hardest thing in life is to know, like, where do we go? Which path do we follow? What do we give our attention to? And it's a great question because we all are searching for this guidance in something, someone, or somewhere, right? Some of us more conscious of it than others, but every man needs a guide, a north star that will show him through the darkness. So what's going to guide not just our beliefs, but our thoughts, our words, in our actions. What you believe matters because your belief can inform your actions, but what it comes down to is how are you going to act in the world because that will determine your life, right? Like you can say you believe one thing, but if you don't act in alignment with that, it means nothing. It comes down to how you act in the world. And what we also must know about life is that life is suffering because life is death. This is the harsh, inevitable truth about our existence, right? And this gives every man a reason to be cynical about his life. Everyone you know is going to die. Everything you have can be taken away from you in a material sense, right? And as this is true, that you have every reason to curse everything and to say hell with it all, where does that get us? Where does that take us? If that's what you believe and that's how you act in the world, what is that going to make of you, right? If that's the story you believe in, by acting that out, you make everything worse. You bring hell to earth, right? So what is going to guide us? What is going to help us justify and bear the reality of our existence? And that's what we're searching for, right? And this is where the example of Christ comes in. This is where the Bible comes in. And it says in the Bible, God says, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word from the mouth of God. And it's this weird mystery, right? Like bread sustains our earthly bodies, gives us energy. But within our earthly body, we have consciousness. We have a heavenly soul. We have something within us which is separate from this body. And this soul needs nourishment. And that is the word of God, the promises of God and Jesus becoming the word of Jesus becoming or Jesus, the flesh, the word becoming flesh through Jesus, right? So man does not live on this bread alone, this physical bread, but we also need, we need the shepherd. We need this guidance. We need this wisdom. We need the word in our lives. And that's Jesus's example. His guidance becomes that which helps guide us through the darkness of life. And your body can be well fed with bread, but your soul can be in agonizing pain. 
And so that's why we need, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word from the mouth of God. And this is kind of where I got this, what will orient you through the darkness. Jordan Peterson said, the most real thing is that which orients you through the darkness. Because darkness, the flood, the fire, the storm, whatever you want to symbolically think of, is coming, right? It's inevitable. So the most real thing, and not even real in a sense of, like, knock on the table real, not, like, physical real, but, like, metaphysical Real in a, like a heavenly reality sense, real in a spiritual sense, real in not what is seen, but what is unseen. Real in a way like, that's the thing, is that purpose is not something you can see, but it's the motor that makes things turn. Like if my purpose is to go and get better at lifting every day, you can't see that tangible purpose. Ta- purpose is not tangible, but it is the motor which informs my body it's like the thing that is telling me how to act it's giving me a purpose it's making me move going to work out trying to strengthen myself whatever it may be so it's not something that can be seen but we're going to go back again like everything can be taken from you your family your job all the material world can be stripped from a man and all he may be left with is his own naked body but this one other thing right Everything can be taken from a man except one thing, the last of human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. To choose one's way. And this is from Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, talking about his experience in the Nazi Germany concentration camps. And that's what it comes down to, the thing that you're, can't be taken from you. It's your character, who you are as a human being, because that's the common denominator between all things, every interaction. Whether you're at home, the gym, in a gas station, at work, you and who you are is that which is stretched across all these interactions. That's the most important thing. And it's your character that determines your attitude. And in a weird way, fate plays a role in all our lives. Sure, we have some control. We have free will. We have the free will to choose how we accept fate, how we choose to bear the cross bear the hand we've been given. And Marcus Aurelius has this quote that says, I got to think, he says, accept whatever comes to you, woven into the pattern of your destiny for what more could aptly fit your needs. Like you're just almost given this hand, this card, these cards, like, and how are you going to use what you've been given? How are you going to bear that which fate has set at your feet, right? And again, what you're saying, there's an infinite amount of directions you could go. Like we are these lost sheep. We not only know nothing out of all the things there is to know, because we have such a limited perspective, we need something transcendent. We need the divine to guide us, right? You see this on the back of the dollar bill. There's the pyramid, which represents the body, our physical body or the state. But the state is insufficient without the eye on top, without the transcendent, without something guiding us, right? Earth is nothing without heaven, but heaven needs earth to express itself. And Jesus is this highest truth. He's this example, the guide. He can be thought of as the highest aim. And his example, his guidance, weed things out in our lives, right? It shows us a, star, a target to strive for. And when you have a target, you have a point which you're trying to get to, 
then automatically your vision is like narrowed down. It eliminates the BS, narrows your focus. You just see what you're aiming at. And so that's what we need is something that's like, it's almost like those things on the side of a horse that they put on the side of their eyes. So they're not, they can only see what's in front of them. It narrows our vision. But by the same token, it's weird because it narrows our vision. But at the same time, you see from a broader, more inclusive, you you also gain perspective from it. It's this weird paradox. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. And the narrow, narrow is the way that leads to life because of all the directions we could go. He knows this. And this aim guides us through life. It gives us direction and becomes the rock that we can build our house upon because the storm is coming, right? Like, will your house be in order? Will you have a solid foundation for the inevitable storm? Because life is nothing when it's going easy, right? When things are going well, it's not really asking much of us, but it's who we are in those times of hardship, in those times of suffering, in the face of life. Like we said, life is suffering. Jesus shows us how to weirdly, like, I don't even mean weirdly, but it's like he shows us how to overcome our suffering and justify our suffering because he suffered in an honorable way. It is how he bore his suffering that justifies your suffering. And it's weird because the cross is a burden, but by the same token, it frees us. Like an aim is a burden because having an aim is in having an aim when you admit that you have an aim you automatically set the consequences you know what the consequences are if you fail because you decided to make a goal if i set a goal to work out today i've and i don't achieve that goal then i failed like i i set the if i have a goal to work out today I'm saying if I don't achieve that goal, I fail, right? And so it's weird because a goal is freeing because it guides us, it gives us direction, but at the same time, it is a load on our back. It's who we are in these times of hardship, right? And Dostoevsky said, there's only one thing I dread, not being worthy of my suffering. Your suffering your cross is unique to you. Whatever life gives you, your fate, only you can bear it. But you can bear it in one of two ways, right? That's the thing. You can courageously take up your cross and saying, despite the suffering, I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to aim at the highest truth. I'm going to bear this suffering proudly, knowing how to die. <clears throat> Excuse me. Or I'm going to let it make me bitter and resentful. You choose the course of action. You choose the attitude you take towards life. And Jesus and the Bible show us that joy and suffering go hand in hand. Gratitude and trials are one. Love is what will get us through. And it's weirdly suffering that makes us one with Christ. It's suffering that produces endurance. Or endurance that produces character and character that produces hope. All of these things work together and show us the way to act in the face of life's struggles, to be grateful for the hand we've been dealt. It's the hardest thing to do, though. It's accepting whatever comes to us. Because life, it's not what we can take from life, but it's what is life asking from us. What are we supposed to give back because of what we've been given? 
to face things head on with your shoulders back in a courageous manner, doing so in an honorable way. Because this is something I struggle with all the freaking time. You know, you fall into the trap of feeling sorry for yourself. You know, why me, God? Why is this happening to me? Why do I have to go through this? But it's like no one else was chosen to bear this except you. God entrusted you with this. Life is entrusting you with this, right? Like you have, if life inevitably is suffering and death, sure, it's, there's a lot of great in life. But at the end of the day, if today you are diagnosed with cancer, how are you going to bear that? You can either doing it, do it in a courageous, forthright way, or you can let it destroy you. Like you have a choice. And one, one can almost, one helps justify and bear the suffering by doing it courageously, doing it proudly. And again, we need something much bigger than ourselves. We need God. We need this guidance to help narrow our vision, but also help us see from the mountaintop, help us see from his perspective. And within us, we have our consciousness. It's the guide. It's God in us. And your consciousness, in a weird way, is your own ideal. And you know this because when you're not living up to your ideal, your consciousness lets you know, like, hey, man, you're not being all that you could be. It points you out. It calls you out for your BS. But you can override and ignore it, but it still like eats away at you. If I'm doing something I know I should not be doing, I can keep ignoring that. But covering it up doesn't mean it's not there. So it's also beginning to follow and listen to the truth with inside yourself. And this is and becomes the adventure of a lifetime, right? You can pursue tangible goals. You can pursue money. You can pursue material possessions. But at the same time, it's like at the end of the day, it's your character, right? Who you are at work is only, is only that one limited space. But who you are as a person, again, is the thing which is stretched across every interaction. It's following this example of Jesus, trying to live honestly, aiming at the highest good, which is weird because if the highest good, the highest aim, it's the most challenging thing you're up against. It's daunting. It's some huge task. But working towards this then is the most rewarding task. Right? And another thing I've learned from Jordan Peterson is that the positive emotion you experience in your life is directly correlated to yourself, to you realizing yourself coming closer to a goal, not achieving the goal, because he says once you achieve a goal, you actually run into a problem, right? So if I'm a college student, I grad or I get done with my first freshman year, you know, you feel positive. You did good your freshman year. You're getting closer to your goal of graduating than your sophomore, your, se- your junior, your senior. But all of a sudden, you know, on graduation day, you, you felt yourself come all this way this, on this journey. But then the next day after graduation, it's like you achieve that goal. Now there's this empty space, right? And there's goals on earth, but they're never going to sustain us like the goal of aiming towards the highest good and fulfilling our roles here in accordance with the highest truth, because that is more than just tangible earth. That is storing up treasures in heaven. So you think about that, right? Like Jesus tells us, be perfect like your heavenly father is perfect. We never will be perfect, but 
it's striving towards this challenge, this lofty goal that makes us and gives us the opportunity to experience even more positive emotion. And we need this in our lives because without something, again, to orient you and sustain you through the darkness, you're going to die. If you don't keep moving forward towards a goal, you'd stop evolving. And the animals that don't evolve in nature, they die. You need something that shows you the way to guide your actions, to guide your thoughts, your words. You think about this too, like we often think that rules are limiting and man-made rules are limiting, but God's guidance is not limiting, right? And if you had no guidance, then you're just like, you're thrown into the middle, the middle of the ocean. Like if you think you want freedom, well, that's total freedom, but that's not freedom at all. If you have a million directions you could go, you're actually more stuck than if you just had one narrow path, right? It's weird because you can think about the game of basketball, any sport. I just like using the sport of basketball, right? There's rules to the game of basketball, which don't, which are not over your head. They're not above you, but they give you solid ground to stand on because they help the game flow and they help you see and realize how to play the game. And the better you are, the more you know about the game, the better you are at playing the game, just like the more fun you are, the more fun you have in the game, the more fun you are to watch, the better teammate you are, which makes everything around you better. And that's the thing is like, if you can know the game, know the guides, know what's going to guide you and be followed by, guided by the highest truth, the better you are at playing the game, the better you are at playing the game, the more fun you have again playing the game, the better you are from everyone around you. So this is why we need this. And Paul tells us that when we are born again in Christ, that we must set our sights on the realities of heaven to let heaven fill our thoughts, not only thinking about things down here on earth, right? Heavenly thoughts are thoughts of wisdom, understanding, love, mercy, compassion, encouragement. All of these things which are of like a higher nature, you could think, a higher consciousness because they are directly from God. And we know that these thoughts, your thoughts are what you give your attention to and where your attention goes, energy flows. Your mouth and words follow these thoughts because these thoughts are the seeds that you are planting within yourself, the seeds you are planting and nurturing in your heart. Your actions also follow and your actions and words create your character. Your character becomes you, your destiny, your life, your attitude, right? And it's just not only believing in these things, but acting as if God is real. You can say you believe in God, but what does that mean if you don't actually act as if God exists? It is God's word that will sustain our souls. And it is the embodiment of this word, the embodiment of acting this out, living this way in reality that brings heaven down to earth and offers earth up to heaven. We as men are mediators between heaven and earth. And when we act on alignment with God's will, it's obedience. We are building God's kingdom here on earth. And Paul tells us to offer ourselves in Romans, he says, offer ourselves as living sacrifices to God, holy and pleasing to him. And it's like, that's kind of a crazy thing to say, but it's when you think about it, when we let heaven fill our thoughts, right, our actions follow, which is obedience to God in the truest form. It's a sacrifice to God, and that sacrifice leads to fulfillment in our lives. 
So what I really am trying to chip away at is that we are lost sheep. We need our shepherd. We need our, our guide, right? Like I said, a thousand directions to go. We think of that as like, oh yeah, I want all these choices. But it's like, that is paralyzing. When you go to Cheesecake Factory, you open that book of menu options. You're like, man, it would have been better if I just got it, had chick pick between a cheeseburger and chicken tenders, you know? Like that's much easier than having a thousand options. Like you need something that's going to show you the way because without an aim, you miss the target, right? That is the word for sin. It's an archery term to miss the target. If you have an aim, you're much more likely to hit the target. Even if you freaking fall short, you're closer than you would be if you didn't have anything. You'd just be wandering the desert like the Israelites. And that leads to complaining and bitterness. And like the Israelites were in the desert and they kept wanting to go back to being slaves in Egypt, which is just such a crazy thing to think about, is that that's almost what we'd rather have is someone, the world control us than have to choose our own way for ourselves. That's why choosing the right path is discipline. It's the hardest thing you can do, which is done deliberately out of love. Because it's the hard thing to do, it's done out of love. But that's why the way that the narrow road that leads to life, few will find. So we need something that's going to orient us through the darkness. That's the promises of God. That's the word of God that we can cling to, that will sustain us. That is the true bread of life that man lives on, that the soul lives on. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you found something in this um, that can justify listening to this. See you next time. Thank you.